I don't believe you will see value in somebody else beyond what you see in yourself. Welcome to Change Your Mindset Podcast, where it's all about believing in and executing on different and innovative ways to strengthen both your leadership and communication skills to help increase your success, and especially in today's disruptive business environment. One of the most effective ways of building stronger leadership and communication skills is by embracing the principles of improvisation. (laughs) Yes, that's right, improv. Your host, Peter Margaritas, is an improv virtuoso. He's also a certified speaking professional and a CPA, also known as the Accidental Accountant. Each episode of Change Your Mindset is designed to bring you different and innovative ideas, thoughts, and behavioral changes on a variety of differing topics, with the sole purpose of strengthening your critical soft skills. (laughs) We may call them soft skills, but... They are the hardest to master. And when we do, greater success and growth is the result. So jump in and start changing your mindset now. Let's start the show. Do you have value issues in your professional and personal lives? Do you derive your value from what you do? Do you say yes to everything? Do you think your value is derived externally? when in fact, it should be internally. Well, my guest today, Jeff Kozatek, is a nationally recognized speaker, certified life coach, author, award-winning entertainer, and mindset catalyst will answer those questions along with many others. Jeff worked in the entertainment industry for over 20 years where he produced award-winning films and nationally touring shows, owned an event management company, acted in film and television, and performed more than, wait for it, wait for it, 4,000 shows across the country. Today, Jeff is CEO of Core Authenticity. He works with top performers who want to achieve more professional success and more personal freedom. His services include keynotes, training, and coaching. He's a national speaker, award-winning international performer, best-selling author, as well as a certified life and leadership coach with both the Values Conversation and the John Maxwell team. He believes in the inherent value found in each person, and Jeff's passion is to help people find significance in who they are, apart from their successes, failures, or circumstances. Jeff is a very interesting and thought-provoking guy. I hope you listen to the entire episode, even when we might go down a rabbit hole chasing some squirrels. Well, before we get to the interview, let's take care of a few housekeeping items. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This episode is sponsored by Peter A. Margaritas, LLC, also known as The Accidental Accountant. Are you looking for a speaker that can bring powerful content virtually or in person or on-site, that is memorable and engaging in a way that motivates and inspires your audience? Instead of data dumping and numbing with numbers, imagine your people and teams delivering a financial story to your stakeholders, a story that creates engaging and relationship-building business conversations. Would you be interested in learning more about how that is accomplished? 
How would you feel if the value your facilitator provided your organization far exceeded the dollar amount on their invoice? Peter Margaritas, CPA and Certified Speaking Professional, delivers all of the above and much, much more. All of Peter's programs can be done virtually, in person and on site at your location, or at an off-site venue. Send Peter a note at peter at petermargaritas.com and or visit his website at www.petermargaritas.com to learn more about what Peter can bring to your next conference, management retreat, or workshop. Now, let's get to the interview with Jeff Kozatek. Hey, welcome back, everybody. You're in for a treat. And I, I paused there just because just the time that we've been warming up, uh, we haven't stopped laughing. And and my guest today, we go back a whole week. Long met, time. Long time. I met him a week ago. He, um, he was asking some questions about podcasting. And I laughed so hard and, and, and he laughed so hard that I said, I got to get you on my podcast. And a week later, he's back. And my guest is Jeff Kozatek. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. I appreciate that. And he's a he's a very funny guy, but he's got a really interesting background. He he was he was one of those Los Angeles Hollywood entertainers, right? What? Sure, sure. Yes, yes, I was for for a long, long time. <laughs> How many years were you doing the entertainment before you became a professional speaker? Ooh, are they different? Versus a non-professional speaker? Well, I mean, performing versus uh, professionally performing versus professionally speaking. No. Then uh, I would say they started about the same time. (laughs) But but I I will say there's no difference between the two. The audiences may be different. Right. The audience for a professional speaker, they want some type of message. The, the entertainer, that audience wants to be entertained and laughed. So does the professional audience. They want to be entertained and laughed, but they want True. to be left with something tangible that they can run with. Right, right. Now, I've, in my entertainment stuff, I've also done entertainment with, been hired to deliver a message. You know, whether that's teaching, uh, about diabetes or finance or you know oral health care uh, or history so so yeah, I kind of do both and I've been doing that for over twenty years so when did you transform from the entertaining world to the professional speaking world? Are you just asking the same question but in a slightly different way? Yes, I am thank you for noticing oh well, thanks Peter <laughs> I'm a coach I have to pay attention to these things. And an author. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That too. That too. Uh, international best-selling author as of uh, October 2nd. It was very exciting. Good stuff. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. I started billing myself as a, as a professional speaker in 2014. In 2013, 2014, right around there. And that came out of, out of the history with uh, entertainment that came out of being a small business owner, entrepreneur, and a guy with a whole bunch of uh, 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 value issues that I eventually worked out. And I realized through my entertainment career that I wasn't the only one struggling with the value stuff. And I thought, well, shoot, 
if everybody else is dealing with this, I can either A, do something about it, or B, just stay in my lane of entertainment and keep everybody laughing. So I thought, well, let's do something about it and keep the laughter going. What? I know, right? Yeah. So what's what's one of the things? Because I I do want to take a step back here for a second. Like how deep do you want to go? We can go as deep as, 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 as you want. But when we say entertainer, let's define that a little bit more. So people, you know, so you know how to juggle. So yeah, juggling, stilt walking, fire performing, stage MC, game show host, actor, voiceover actor, uh, escape artist. <laughs> you know, stuff. stuff. Improv. Stuff. Stuff. So I did, I did see a video of you on one of those big exercise balls. Yeah. In the middle of the rain, in a straight jacket, trying to get out of the straight jacket while you're balancing yourself on this ball. Well, you know, when you do shows outside, uh, you never know what kind of weather you're going to get. <laughs> you just got to be able to to roll with that and be be flexible. <laughs> I know, right? You see, there's layers, a comedy with layers, with, with, with tons of layers. And, and I thought, <laughs> who is crazy enough to be in a straitjacket? Because yeah, as you say, usually they hang you upside down, put you in a tank of water. No, no, that's not what I say. That's that. That's what you said. That's what I said. What do you say? Uh, I just say I'll do it on a ball <laughs> next to a wall. <laughs> be there was tall. no wall. There was no wall there, my friend. There was just air and people around watching you <laughs> with umbrellas. Well, not in that show. Yeah, yeah. This was back pre-COVID when people could be close and watch. Exactly. So you've got a a wide breadth of talents that that came from two messages that I got as a kid. Uh, the one message was find something you love to do and make that your job. Uh, I was really blessed with parents that were very supportive of of a of a performing career. And they said they would back me in that as long as I wanted to do that. And then when I changed my mind, they would back whatever I changed it to. Right. So they were very supportive in that. I love art and people, so that opened me up to uh, the career in entertainment, in video production, in photography, like all that stuff. Uh, I also got an unintended message that said, your value comes from what you do. So if you're not doing anything, we're not paying attention. Which <laughs> which led to some serious consequences because I became a workaholic. I had to say yes to everything. If I said no to something, I was losing value, losing significance, losing worth. So I worked a lot. I ended up doing 350 shows every year. Uh, for about 15 years straight, on top of running a video production company, a photography company, being married, having kids, and oh yeah, yeah, trying to take care of me too. And so you know, you you pick up as much as you can, right? Because I want you to like me. I want you to think that I'm significant and worth your time. So we'll pick up the unicycle. We'll learn how to walk on a ball. Sure, we'll learn how to do stilts. We'll learn how to crack whips. Why not? Sword fighting, you betcha. You know, it was it was all designed uh, to make me more valuable and worth people's time because I thought that value, that my personal worth existed outside of myself. I thought it was all externally based in what I did or in the circumstances that I overcame um, or in <laughs> in hiding my mistakes. So what 
took you to the other side? What what was what happened to make you realize? <clears throat> I think there's a song about that. Take me to the. Sorry, I, I went away. <laughs> <laughs> what, what 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 was what was the epiphany moment that you went? This is all wrong. I I, I don't need to be. I don't need to be doing 350 shows. I don't need to be doing all of this. And give them, give them myself to others, including my family, and not give them anything back to me. Uh, there were there were two things, two things that happened. Uh, the the first thing was after spending four years trying to find focus, because everybody said, "Jeff, you your your businesses are maxed out. You can't grow them any any bigger than they are because there's just not enough time in the day. You got to focus." And I did not know how to do that. I could, like I said, I could not say no because if I said no, I was losing value. Uh, and I was losing the opportunity to get more work. Um, at the end of four years, I was on a radio interview with a guy in between takes. I was telling him about my focus. And he said, I can help you with that in an hour. <laughs> to which I laughed. I was like, no, you can't. I've four, four, four years. Four years, right? Mm-hmm. This is a gross point blank thing. But not 10 years. It was four years. And he kept sticking with the hour. And then finally, he relented. And he said, okay. Maybe two hours. <laughs> Give me two hours and I got you. I said, fine. We sat down and within two hours, he did exactly what he said. I, I walked away from that uh, with, a, with a very clear compass, understanding who I was as a human being, apart from what I did, understanding what my values were and understanding what my purpose was. And uh, along with that, this revelation that my, my personal worth was not tied to something external, but was internal. And because I have intrinsic value, it can't be lost, stolen, or increased. And when I stand on that, that that value is full all the time, it changes how I see the people around me. It allows me to be present uh, for the moments in my life. It allows me to set down the, the, the judgment stick to, to stop comparing myself to everybody else, to have to stop competing, to stop trying to earn more value, to stop having to defend the value I have and allowed me to be more generous. So, so that, was a, that was a massive shift to, to my foundation. And around the same time, I realized with the help of my coach, <laughs> because we all need help. Right. He helped me see a... Uh, uh, how do I say this? Uh, of the 350 shows I would do in a year, 200 of those would happen in the summertime, just in, in three months. And at the end of the three months, I had given everything I had physically, mentally, emotionally. Like it was just, it was all out there. There was nothing left. And it put me in this really weird place where I started to think, huh, I've given everything I have. There's nothing left in the tank. Maybe that life insurance policy would be better to take care of my family because I've got nothing left. And then I started, it changed how I saw myself. And I thought, well, I'm a, I'm a fraud. I'm a fake. It's only a matter of time before other people see that. And so this might be a better, better solution. Mm. And that usually happened every fall. And then in the spring, I'd be rested again and ready to go. And then I just, I can do this. Sure, I can do 350 shows a year. And I get right back into that. And my coach uh, helped me see around my blind spot drew my attention to that and said, now that you have this information, what do you want to do? <laughs> I said, well, I'd, I'd like to live. I'd like to live, please. <laughs> and so we, we started making some changes there. And, and I, and I got to say, though, even though entertainment, for me, it began as a way to earn value, 
it gave me a free pass to cross a lot of social boundaries. So I was performing in, at first birthdays in Hindu temples and bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs and casinos and libraries and schools and or scouting events and corporate events and fairs and festivals. And like I'm, I was a lot of different places and it didn't matter where I went or who I was in front of. Everyone had to answer the same two questions I had to answer. What was their worth and where did that come from? And I realized that everybody else was struggling with this too. And so when I, when I realized personally, when I stand on that foundation of intrinsic value, when I have that compass, understanding my identity, my values, my purpose, and my worth, I know where to step next. I can say no. I can align myself with other people that, that share my values and share my mission. Uh, and, and then I can move forward. And I thought, man, this has improved my, my, my marriage. This has improved my parenting. This has improved my general state of mind and, and level of peace and joy. You know, I want to share this with other people. So I started speaking on how intrinsic value affects our ability to lead others, to communicate, to effectively use grit, you know, all of that stuff and more. But then I thought, well, you know, if, if I'm giving people tools through speaking and that helps them a little bit, maybe I could help them even more. So I got certified in life and leadership coaching with the values conversation from the guy that initially coached me and still coaches me uh, to this day. And then I got certified with the John Maxwell team. So that way I could walk alongside people as their mindset coach to help uh, equip them with tools that can help them discover their next step and their path forward. So then they can create their own sustainable change. And then I'm out of a job and they keep going and doing amazing things. That's a long answer. No, that's a perfect answer. Uh, Yes. That's a perfect answer. But you mentioned something about blind spot. What was that blind spot that you now see? That you didn't then. Well, I was in the middle of the forest, right? I was I was so in it, searching for value, and I had I had developed this belief system and this way of of uh, of operating to to survive for decades. That it took me a while to to shift out of that rut and and start a new path. And so while I was in the middle of that, my coach, who does not have the same blind spots that I do could look into my life and say, hey, Jeff, I'm seeing this. Am I, is that correct? Or am I missing something? Or is, is there, you know, help me out with this. And so he was able to pull me back and say, you know, you're in the middle of this, but every year at, yep, about this time, we have this conversation. <laughs> Did you notice that? And I was like, ah, no, because I'm too busy running the rat race chasing down the the next lead and and um yeah so i i think that's a, a huge huge benefit of having a coach and a, and a mentor that can help call those things out for you yeah absolutely um as you're describing that so maybe maybe my wife uh yeah this has been going on for 10 years uh, i've kind of not said as much as i used to in the past in the past, yeah, she she was a manager, for, uh, general manager for Macy's, grind, 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 and she was going through that same thing, and then retired for a couple of years and became herself again, and then she's now working for a nonprofit, and she can come home on a Friday and go, ah, it's Friday, the weekend's here, and I go, you're right, ah, it's Friday, two more work days left in the week. <laughs> yes, 
I, I, I think I got a big forest. I'm not thinking I'm seeing very many trees right now. Uh, because I've had that, you know, that entrepreneur's mindset. Of course I can do it. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. I can do it. Oh, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I could stop if I wanted to. I just don't want to. One, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I I never took vacations. Like I, I took a vacation in, in 1988 and then I took another one in 2004. And and then after that, when when my wife and I got married, we did one of those one of those uh, timeshare things, but it wasn't like a timeshare. It was like a point deal. We went out and did the vacation, and I thought, you know, this is really important, and I don't know how to do this. You know, if it were up to me, uh, we would not be spending money on vacations. We would be spending money on other things, or we would be saving. Mm-hmm. Like spending money on vacation makes no sense to me at all. So we bought into the timeshare specifically to hold myself accountable. So that we were like, hey, we have these points. We need to spend them every year to force us into that vacation to help me change a belief system and a and a, a style of living that would not be conducive or or healthy. And it's it's ended up being being really good for us. I, I wish we bought our timeshare under those exact reasons. Uh, we've got one <laughs> for for two weeks down on Sanibel Island. We don't want to go anyplace else. That that's paradise. Right. To every year scheduled, we're going. However, my family likes to sleep, like to ten on vacation. I get up, oh. early, I get up early in the morning. So what do I do after I work out? I'm working until they wake up. They go. We go to the beach. I yeah. I don't really tan very. I, I tan, but I don't like to be out there that long. I come back in. They're out there. I'm working, and I think that the last year was the first time I. I didn't. I only worked ten percent of the time I was on vacation, and I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. It feels weird, right? Like yeah. like you're almost sick, right? Yeah, right. It's it's like well, I get I get and and one year she took me. Uh, we went to Mexico. Well, actually, earlier we went to Mexico. Reason being, I, I can't get cell service there. So to get me away from the smartphone, <laughs> you know, it was like let's get out of the country. Yeah, and. I, now what? What do I do with myself? Yeah, I and I <laughs> want to sit out in, in the sun for hours. Upon, I could sit at a bar for hours and hours, but that doesn't do well. Oh, when yeah. you start, yeah. So it's like this. I just have to sit here and be, <laughs> show up as myself, and not do anything. I, I, I yeah, and that was that still is weird. In, yeah, and doing. Nothing. Oh, and by the way, when the pandemic hit, it just handed <laughs> us a whole bunch of nothing. <laughs> no, let me out. Yeah. Well, that that's why I love I love the never-ending story so much. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know if we talked about this last week or not, but there's there's a scene in there where the where the hero Atreyu is on this quest and he comes up against the, to to a gate called the mirror gate. And off in the distance you have the the wise old sage. Watching and and with this luck dragon, you have to watch the show. And the luck dragon's like, oh, he's got this. This is super easy. And then the old man's like, no, 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 no. This is this is the mirror gate. This is where men are confronted with their true selves. And most men run away screaming. And that like they we just can't, we can't handle taking an honest look at ourselves. And and I found that to be incredibly true, uh, not only for me. 
but in other people because it's it's not easy. And so it's a whole lot easier to stay busy and get caught up doing all these other things so we don't have to stop and spend time with ourselves or spend time taking an honest look uh, into our past and why we do what we do or uh, or any of that. The, the name of the show or was it a movie? Was is it Mirrorgate? Uh, the Never Ending Story. <laughs> oh, okay, I was close. <laughs> it's a kids movie, <laughs> like oh, Moana. Moana is another amazing film with great truths. <laughs> All right, so just so the audience knows, and, and you've opened that door for me right now. Uh, he has produced his own movie. Is that am I using the right vernacular there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's called Mask, and there's a trilogy, Mask Trilogy. Yes, sir. So I went and, and, and watched these three episodes, probably a whole, what'd you say, 12, 14 minutes? Yeah. And I was fascinated, one, by there were no lines. Well, all. I'm a speaker, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And you didn't, nobody said a word. There were no lines at all in this film. But the body language, and you could make out, you could figure out what the theme of each of those small episodes were. And, and I, I was fascinated by, one, that you produced a movie and actually started it. That's fair enough, right? Because you had the different looking mask, the grumpy mask. Yeah. 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 Um, and and I, I just because as he's sitting here talking about you know the, the the villain and the heroes and the themes of these movies, yeah, he's he's produced it. He 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 knows what he's talking about. And and I, I was just it just blew me away when I when I watched that today when I was doing my research. That was how did you come up with that idea? I mean, you've got a very creative mind. It was a little dark. Yeah, but, but there was definitely a message there. And, and and having spoken with you last week and laughed until my stomach hurt, I watched this and went, "Take the mask off." I don't believe it's you behind the mask. <laughs> I think you got a stunt double. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody watched those, and then they asked me to come in and speak, and they're like, "So when you come in here to speak to us, are you doing the mask?" <laughs> I said, "No, no, no, no. The mask is a resource tool. Like that's." I, I definitely present comedy when I speak. The mask is not comedy. It's it's designed uh, to to put a visual next to something that's difficult to articulate. When I became a coach, my mentor said, "You will never underestimate the amount of pain somebody else is in. You just won't." And a lot of us do not know how, uh, or we we were unable to express what we feel uh, for, for one reason or another. So I wanted to be able to, to show that without words and to help start conversations for people, for people that are, that are locked up and they're feeling trapped and they're just like, I, I'm feeling something, but I don't know what. You know, they can watch the movie with their counselor, their therapist, their, their uh, coach, or you know, people in their lives and say, hey, this is, this is how I feel. Like in in part, so mask is all about what we do with pain. Do we deny it? Do we identify by it and fall in, into bondage to that and say, this is who I am? You know, I am defined by my mistakes. I'm defined by my circumstances. Or or do we take a different approach and see it for what it is, not who we are? You know, acknowledge it and then take the necessary steps afterwards, but then move on. 
and understand that it's an experience, but it's not, it is not our identity. And so uh, it's been really cool because of, we produced the film and we put it up online. It's on the internet for everybody to watch for free. And I got, <laughs> I got the most amazing response video from Honduras. This guy showed it to a bunch of these kids that they'd taken into a home called the Micah Project. They watched the film. They spent two weeks, Peter, two weeks watching the film and talking about it. And he said, don't take my word for it. Listen to the kids. And then he had all the kids on the video talking about what they learned. It was I had subtitles so I could understand what they were saying. They put the subtitles on for me. And, and then they showed the art that the kids made in response to the mask film. I was I was totally blown away by that. It was really really cool. But that also kind of weaves into what you talk about. It all all this that you do weaves into your message that you deliver. Yeah. Well, I I don't believe you will see value in somebody else beyond what you see in yourself. I always talk about a a value scale of zero to ten. Ten being full and zero being, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> If if you're standing at a ten on your intrinsic value, you're good. You know you you can show up. You can you can relax. You can be there, present for the moments in your life, present for the people in your life. You can you can give what you have, whether it's financial or uh, material or time, or you can open up opportunities and connect other people. And guess what, Peter? Go ahead, ask what? me what. What what you what? don't lose anything. You are still valuable. This has huge implications on our ability to lead others, to communicate our message, uh, to serve other people. And not only that, but for for business leaders that we're looking at succession planning and and legacy, we can pass on the secret sauce and we're still okay. (laughs) Holding on to the secret sauce does not give us extra value. Like it's it's a 10. So the the crazy thing is that that Intrinsic value, it never changes, but our perception of it changes on a moment-to-moment basis. This is why I wrote my book, Blueprint for Value, 52 Habits to Discover and Strengthen Your Personal Worth, with habits that we can do to keep our perception high to match the reality that we are now, have always been, and will always be a 10. When we act like we're a six, we got problems. <laughs> if, so to act like a six, what does that mean? Well, if I, if you feel whether it's a six or an eight or a two, if you think that there's any kind of a deficit, right? Between if you're not a ten, if you feel like a nine point nine 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 two, three, four, right? If that's what you feel, you're gonna feel this this gap, and there's gonna be a strong desire. For you to feel significant, to feel like you matter, to feel like you are worth something. And so you're going to do whatever you can to make up that gap, to feel better about yourself. And, and that might mean you work harder, or that might mean you never stop working, or that might mean you keep other people uh, from experiencing the same success you do. So you're not turning around and helping other people up the ladder, you're kicking them off. Or it might mean if, you're an, if you feel like you're an eight, then when I meet you, Peter, if, if, I, if I perceive you to be an eight, then we're good. But if I perceive your worth of being more than me, if I think that you're a nine, <laughs> or if I think that I'm a six and I think that you're a seven or a 6.2, mm-hmm. I'm going to tear you down. I'm going to bring you down to my level, to level the playing field. 
Mm-hmm. Right? I'm gonna I'm gonna attack you. Uh, I'm gonna keep you from succeeding. I might talk bad about you, or I might just distance myself. And you know what? We're not gonna spend any time together because you make me feel bad about myself. You you draw the focus on the gap that I've got. And that's not a good place to be as a leader, uh, as a team player, uh, or as, a, in my opinion, as a human being. I, I, think, I think we're called to more than that. Oh, I, 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 I thank you for the definition. Thank you for painting that picture. And yes, I agree with you. Why can't we, why do we spend so much time worrying about the Joneses? And because kind of living well, up to the Joneses. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I think at least in American culture, that's what we put value on. You know, what, what did you do today? Where, where is the focus? It's on the doing. Oh, what, well, Peter, hi, what do you do? <laughs> the focus is on the doing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in baseball. Well, that's great. They did that last year, but what are they doing this year? It's all on performance in school. You know, what grade did you get? Did you, did you make it to the, to the Dean's list? You know, are you in the national honor society? Every, everything is, is performance focused. So it makes sense if you grow up in that culture and you're constantly washing your brain with this message that says, you know, your value comes from what you do and what you can contribute, then it's really easy to, to cross that line and make that your identity. It's not your identity. It is, it is false. What you do comes from who you are. It doesn't define you. But when you constantly tell yourself over and over and over and over again through through marketing and through all this other stuff that that this is this is the focus that this is where the value comes from that is that is a really tough fight and most people uh, <laughs> including myself there there are times when we give in and we start believing that yeah uh, um I, I i can see that and i i can see that i have a better understanding that 10 not worrying about what everybody else is saying just making no. sure that i'm happy that I'm doing the things that I want to do, and I'm not worried about everybody around me. Well, in a, well, in more of a general sense. Yeah, but it's it's not it's not even just about being happy. I mean, it's about being at peace. Like, so so in 2020, I rolled out this new keynote called uh, "Unshakable: The Chaos Pilot," and it's all about how we handle uncertainty because there's a whole lot of <laughs> uncertainty. You might not know what's going on tomorrow, or maybe later today. You know. And, and you've got uncertainty all over the place. Will I keep my job? What will happen politically? What's going to happen with the climate? What's going to happen with my relationships? What's going to happen with my bills? Oh, no, wait. No, my bills are certain. My bills are very certain. <laughs> yeah, they're right? certain. Keep coming. But there's, there's, there's all this uncertainty. So, so what do we do? How do we respond to that? And so I've been telling people, like, you can have clarity of action of your next step with three keys. Understanding your compass, your mindset, and your team. I believe that your compass is di- is divided up into four pieces: understanding your identity, who you are as a human being, understanding what you value personally, professionally, relationally, understanding what your purpose is, your vision, what why you're here, what what you're here to do, and then uh, your your mission, how you're going to do that, and then understanding your worth, uh, I V P. Uh, and W. Those four things together form your compass, and if you know that. If you sat down with a with a coach uh, like myself or w- with another coach, and you've you've clearly defined your personal compass, that'll tell you what true north is in any situation, any role that you play. There is tremendous peace that comes from that. Not just the happiness, but like general calmness. the The anxiety goes away. The stress goes away. 
this is the choice that I need to make in this situation based on this information, right? So you add to that your mindset. And the mindset allows you the energy to actually take the step in the direction that your compass is pointing. That's, that's the, it's not just the fuel, but that, that actually moves you, right? Mm-hmm. Compass says, go this way. Mindset allows you to go that way. And then that third part, the team around you, those people hold you accountable. Those people support you. Those people encourage you. And like what happened to me in, in March of 2020, oh, so long ago, <laughs> when, when 95% of your income disappears overnight because it's all based on large groups meeting, <laughs> but your bills stay loyal <laughs> and, <laughs> and don't go away. <laughs> when when that happened to me so fast, my mindset shifted. It went from a from a, a growth uh, abundance mindset to one that was very fixed uh, and full of scarcity. And as the mindset shifted, I lost my compass. I forgot who I was. I forgot what I was about, and and I got I got knocked down. However, I had a guy on my team, a, a new guy that came on my team that challenged that. He held my image, Peter. And he was like, you didn't lose your job. You're an entrepreneur. <laughs> like, Your income stream just changed. <laughs> like, What did it change to? Right. And, and as he challenged my mindset, that shifted back. I rediscovered my compass. I'm like, oh, there it is. There it is. I got it. I know where I'm headed. I got intentional about my team. And, and I have to tell you, um, you know, we are, we are continuing to pay our bills. Uh, I don't have the income... That I that I am accustomed to, or that I will have in the future, but the peace that I have now is, and the confidence I have about what I'm doing and where I'm headed is at a completely different level than it's ever been before. There's silver linings in everything, and when this thing hit, uh, I went down that path for about a week, and then I got up one more and slapped myself. I went, "Wait a minute, Pete." You've studied improv for how many years? What do you know? Get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Okay, I can do that. I can't right. change yesterday. I can't go back to yesterday, no matter how much I really <laughs> want to. And yes, 95% of my revenue dried up. But all I could do is I can only deal with today. Yeah. And and, and I've caught myself a number of times I early on going, well, if this keeps going to, to, to get to, and then, then December, like, whoa, 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 it's April. What are you worried about December? You have no control over that. Only focus on the things that you have control. And I've not panicked at all. I, I'm, to, to, yeah. I'm actually at peace with this. I've redesigned my whole business. Uh, some of my, my work came back to me in, in, in the uh, fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm not making what I used to make. The, those loyalty bills, they keep showing up and I'm able to cover them. God bless them. Oh, God bless them. Or, or they say this out, bless your heart. Bless your little, little heart. heart. Those bills right. are there. Exactly. You're so cute. You're yeah. so precious. So, <laughs> precious. <It's> my, <laughs> Go ahead. It's, no, it's, it's my precious. Bless. <laughs> So, you know, as you were going, as you were talking about this, I'm going, am I, I don't know, I I don't know where on that spectrum I was, but I do know that I'm more at peace today with what I do. Yeah. This, because this thing made me pause. I haven't stopped in 10, 
I've been doing this full time for 10 years. I have not stopped long enough for a breath in 10 years. And I was able to take a breath, look around, figure things out, not panic, keep that improviser's mindset, and keep moving forward one day at a time. Mm. I just hope I don't fall back into that from where it was before. I don't want to go back to pre-COVID out of the house 120, 150 days a year. I know it's only half of what you did, but I think I'm older, so that probably <laughs> equals the same amount. Well, <laughs> well the, this uh, this could be a whole other whole other episode <laughs> when we really break that down. <laughs> but I, I I think if you this all comes back to that foundation piece, you know, if if you find your value in what you do, and and I've talked to a lot of people that are in forced transitions, and I've talked to other people that are in transition because it was just time. But if you find your value in what you used to do, it is difficult to uh, what's what's the key word for twenty twenty pivot. Oh, it's no, difficult. No, no, don't 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 don't. <laughs> Piv, piv, no, pivot. No, it's adapt. It's adapt. Pivot. People use pivot. <laughs> when you pivot like in basketball, your foot doesn't move. You're just twirling around it like a tornado. <laughs> we adapt. <Ugh>. When <laughs> when you adaptive it. <laughs> Go ahead, say it. I'll take my headphones off. Pivot. Okay. All right, we're good. All right. So, so when we adapt in in 2020, you know, everybody talks about that making that change. How do you how do you move forward and 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 say yes and okay, yes, this happened, and now this is where I can go next, or this is what I've got. Mm -hmm. I don't believe you can do that if you're standing on a foundation of gravel, if you're standing on a foundation made of sand. That that says that you know it it it's tied somehow to something external. If you're standing on an intrinsic value of ten, if that's the foundation you're standing on, that is that's rock solid. That's firm. That's not going anywhere. If you need to make a turn, if you need to plant and then go this way, you can do that and, and not lose the momentum when you're standing uh, as a ten. When you when you think your value is tied to what you what you did or, or something that you overcome. Then you're not you're not turning. <laughs> you're just going to keep sliding, and it's going to get really messy, uh, and it's going to be difficult for you and the and the people around you. So that's why I fundamentally believe if we can help people see themselves as a ten, it will change the way we see other people. It allows us more professional success and more personal freedom. Not a not an either or, but but it's a yes and. Like you can have both, and it all comes from that piece. Absolutely, because you said the two my two favorite words. Yes, and the basis Thank of you. improv. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, yes, and and it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you move into twenty twenty one, what does the world look like in Jeff Jeff's world? What does that look like in twenty twenty one? Uh, I got a podcast coming out. I've got two podcasts that I'll be rolling out in 2021. Uh, we're talking about creating some online courses. I look up there as if you and the audience can see what I'm looking at. <laughs> do you have uh, notes up there? On the, on the... I do. I okay. do. It's just a bunch of graffiti and there's my tag and there's... Yeah. <laughs> so um, 
Yeah, we're going to do some online courses. Uh, we'll have a course to go along with the mask video series. We're going to do another one on reinvention. Uh, we're going to pr- publish the second book in the blueprint series. And uh, we're going to continue to coach. You know, it, for me, my my professional journey began on stage trying to get people to pay attention to me and prove my worth to them. It switched to speaking, where it was less about me and more about the audience. And then it moved into coaching, where it's not about me and it's all about you. And for me right now, that's I, I, I've I'm in my lane. Like my I am I am a coach who can speak. And now I've taken all of my entertainment and I rolled that into a philanthropic give back. What? I call it the one for one program. So when people hire me as a keynoter or as a as a coach, they have the opportunity to give to kids in their area through a through a juggling Jeff performance or presentation. And the idea behind that is to model for the next generation, like kids ages elementary through college. You know, we're gonna model lifelong learning. And then we're going to show them that they're worth something, that people see value in them, that they're worth the willing to invest in them with this, uh, with this material. So that's, uh, that's what I'm seeing. A bunch of individual one-on-one coaching, a bunch of corporate coaching, uh, a few keynotes, and then uh, some of the give back and time with my wife and my kids. Probably less time with... Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I applaud you on the foundation and the give back. I, I think that's absolutely outstanding. And uh, I know you have that on your website. So the website name is coreauthenticity.com. Go check it out. Go check out the foundation. Go check out his videos uh, and watch the trilogy uh, on his website. And, and you know, I, 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 I just met you seven days ago. I mean, this, this, and you're on my podcast. There's something about what? what when you meet somebody and that that immediate clicked, and it's it's I don't. There's a reason our paths cross, and it wasn't because of Bob. I love Bob Pakanovsky, but there was a Bob reason. Pakanovsky, Black Tie Experience, good guy. Check him out. He also has Check a food. He also has like a, a food thing on YouTube where he's teaching people how to cook. He's still doing that. Yeah. yeah. Did you see that? He like lit it all on fire. <laughs> It was great. <laughs> no, not not like the kitchen. The thing that he was cooking. Oh, okay. that, that's what. Oh, oh. like yeah. a flambe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like a flambe. <laughs> Bob, I don't even know what that is. Black tie experience. I have to ask Bob. <laughs> Bob, what's a flambe? I don't know. It's a flaming cake. I make toast. <laughs> that's what I do. It's, it's, oh. <laughs> A friend of mine who's in the restaurant business been years ago, her, her parents were, said this, in Canton, Ohio, said this lady would come in and want breakfast and she wanted toast rare. I think I want to have a title of my book. <laughs> I like my toast rare. That's great. I like that title. <laughs> I think for my toast rare, please. Yes, please. And just watch them look at you like, what? Well, so how rare? Like, like mushy rare or just dry? Like... Like, what is rare toast? Bread. <laughs> it's yeah, but like bread. Is it un unleavened bread? Is it gluten free bread? Is it what what? Yeah, the these are serious we- questions. I think we need to put. I think we need to pursue this with the same vigor that you put into a uh, almond milk. <laughs> 
the as you said, the calluses those guys must have. When they oh my gosh, have you seen their on. fingertips? Uh, Holy cow! What the what? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but somebody's got to do it. I guess it's the, it's the same thing when you're at cashew milk and hazelnut milk and. <laughs> He's on a cream pie. Yeah, and soy milk. But that's it's probably less less rough on the fingers. Yeah, it's kind of gooey. Yeah. Spongy, kind of kind of why how did we- I don't know how you separate that out. <laughs> I think it's just like that because it's it's not that I mean it's not it's not you know it didn't have elasticity. No, <laughs> no, it's just it's just I love the sound effect. That's great. You could probably uh, sub in a sound effect there, but I don't think you should. You should just go with that. I think so. Well, you're the voiceover guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How did we digress? I mean, the the, the interview was going so well, so good. And then we went, wait, we got to go down this path. It's food. It's food. It's 2020. Cortisol is coursing through my veins, and I'm just taking it all in, and I'm not letting it go. Don't let it go. So I have to ask. You, you said uh, wife, two kids. How old are your kids? Uh, Eleven and nine. Do they have your sense of humor? <laughs> yes, they better if they want to survive. <laughs> now, how long have you been married? Fifteen years, man. Does your wife still laugh at your jokes and your humor? Uh, depends on the day. <laughs> I get a lot of eye rolls. And I, I interpret the eye roll as, I love you so much. <laughs> it was just a great joke. So basically what's going on in your house is you have a power play three on one against your wife when it comes to humor, right? Because I know you like hockey. Yeah. <laughs> hockey? Is that what you said? Hockey. hockey. Oh my gosh. So, Okay. <laughs> My my wife, huge uh, blues hockey fan. Go blues! Like we're talking from the Kachuk days with uh, uh, McInnes and and everybody, right? And so, <laughs> so we used to watch a bunch of hockey. Uh, I'm a big baseball fan. Go Cardinals! And um, and then we have kids. Um, you can edit that out later. <laughs> so then uh, then we have kids, and we don't watch as much TV. We like watch really any TV, but then when the Blues made it into the Stanley Cup Finals last year, uh, we we found a way. We made it work. We're watching TV, and my, and my kids see my wife standing up, yelling at the screen, <laughs> and going crazy. And they're just like, "Who, who is Mom? Okay?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Sons, that's your mom. <laughs> that's that's my wife." That's the woman I fell in love with. <laughs> they had no idea what to do with it. It was great. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait till you have, uh, they grow up, have kids, and you're watching a blues game, and the grandkids going, oh, there goes the grandma again, getting crazy <laughs> over a blues game. She, she, and, and there she goes. There she My mother's like that. What do you think of UK sports, Kentucky sports? Mm-hmm. But she likes to scream at the TV. And tell everybody what they're doing wrong. And nice. sometimes she, she drops a little four-letter F-bomb. Not F-bombs. No, those, those just other bombs. Little four-letter bombs out. And it's just, it's entertaining. <laughs> but my son, oh, Kentucky basketball's on Wednesday night. I hope grandma's not going to be here. 
That's that's great. I appreciate that passion. I do. I do. I do. You you know, growing up, my my identity was in being a Cardinals fan. I could not handle Cubs fans. Oh well. (laughs) But but here but no man. Here's here's the thing. Like like I identified as a Cardinals fan. Mm -hmm. So if you talk bad about the Cardinals, you were talking bad about. Oh yeah. About me. Yeah. Yeah. My 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 worth. I had tied to something external, and I didn't realize it. And so, as I've shifted my value <laughs> back to where it's supposed to be, in internal, like I can totally cheer on the Cubs, I can cheer on the Cardinals, I can appreciate a good game, I can cheer on my home team. You can say bad stuff about the Cardinals, and I'm okay. Now we're talking baseball, but you could extend this. <laughs> To politics, <laughs> you could, could extend this to 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 you know companies to to states. We're getting way off the rails. I'm going to stop. I I do have to say, I'm a Reds fan. Grown up, Reds fan, true and true. I have a baseball up a that was signed by all of them, the whole Reds team back Ooh. in the big red machine days. I think it's like '72. People uh, were alive back then. Barely, <laughs> barely. That's I was great. I was twelve back then. <laughs> I didn't have any gray hair on my head at, back then. I had hair on my head <laughs> back then. Back then. <laughs> back then. So, so it's probably ten, ten, about ten years ago. Uh, I was driving to to do a show for Scouts. It was a February night. It was cold. It was snowing a lot. There were all these warnings that said, stay home. Don't go out on the street unless you had to. I thought the scouts would cancel their show. Uh, I called them up and they said, nope, we're still on. Now they were in uh, Illinois. So maybe the weather was nicer there, but in St. Louis, it was really bad. (laughs) So I get in my car because my value was tied to what I did and I wasn't going to cancel the show. They needed to cancel the show. But since they didn't cancel the show, my value said, you don't cancel, right? So I drove and I'm, I'm the only car on the highway. It was really bad. Mm-hmm. My car did a few 360s in the highway on the way there. I get there, I do the show and they, they hand me my check and I gave them a reduced rate months earlier. And I thought, well, maybe... Maybe they'll throw in an extra tip because I risked my life to come out here so they could have 40 minutes of entertainment. And they didn't. And they said, okay, everybody's going home. See you later. And then I had to drive back through that crazy snowstorm to get back to my family. And when I got home, I was sitting in the driveway and I just thought to myself, I risked everything today for a check that was fairly small in comparison to my value to my family. And I did it because I was looking for external worth and significance. When we do that, it drives us to do some really crazy stuff. We step back and and I'm looking at this. I'm like, why? No, you say no. (laughs) Like, it's okay. It's okay to say no. Yes, you booked it. Yes, they're still on. But you know what what risk are we willing to take in the pursuit of 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 external worth 
for me, the answer was a whole lot. And I found that to be very common for other people. It was, it was nuts. I, I will not do that again. I think we've all done that at some point. I just tell me that story. I'm trying to reflect back because I know I've done something similar. I just not recalling it. Maybe I suppressed it for some reason. But I remember going, what, what am I doing? Yeah. It's, it's like that sports center guy. What are we doing? What are you doing? This, I mean, you could have died tonight. He's running the other way. <laughs> the goal is on the other side of the field. Right. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God. And you're right. We, it's also like, okay, I've got a contract. I'm supposed to be there. They're not canceling. I need to do this. Well, in fact, it should be. I'm in St. Louis. The roads are impassable. Yeah. I just, I'm sorry, I can't make it. I'll send you back to deposit. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I had this this message rolling around, rolling around in the back of my head that said, "Your your worth is your word. Your word is your worth." I said I would be there. I've got to go. Right. Right. And and that that's that's just not true. And on top of that, I am a recovering perfectionist, and so <laughs> to to not go oh. to you know meant meant a lot. Like my identity was seriously wrapped up in in performance. Wow. Not anymore. I've got freedom personally and professionally. Nice. Uh, uh, I, I, I appreciate your time. I, I, I love the story. I, I, I love, I mean, it's made me think about where, where do I tie myself worth into? Where's that intrinsic value? Where's mine? And, and you've actually made me reflect a bit on that. And I'll continue to reflect after we're done because I think that's a very strong message that you have for any audience. Thank you. Well, it's, it's, I should add to that, that it is not a one and done thing. Absolutely. It's really important that we understand that. It is not a, a box that can be checked. Uh, this, is, this is why the end of my book finishes with uh, habit 52, hashtag wash your brain. What? Because you've got to remind yourself every day where your value comes from because it, it will shift really easy. When I'm, when I'm coaching my clients, you know, after we just help them discover and identify their compass. Then we talk about the things, uh, we call it the insanity cycle that they ramp up onto that keeps them from, from living there and from following that path and instead following this other path. Not so that we can eliminate the insanity cycle, but we can get really, uh, uh, really quick at recognizing when we're on it so we can get off of it faster. So as we step out, as, as uh, all of you listening, you know, move forward. Right now, we're talking about how everybody's a ten. You know, you're gonna, you might stay in that for maybe a, a week or a couple of days or maybe five minutes. I don't know. Uh, but then your mindset might shift a little bit. And you might start thinking, ah, you know what? I'm only, I'm, I'm just a six, or my value is tied to this or this or this. And then you might realize that you're doing that, and there can be a temptation to beat yourself up or feel guilty for for dropping the image for a second. And I just want to encourage you to, to stop and hashtag wash your brain. Offer yourself some compassion and understanding and recognize that it's, a, it's an ongoing thing that requires maintenance. Uh, Zig Ziglar used to say, hey, you wash your hands once. Do you need to wash them again, Peter? The answer is yes. Yes. Why? Because your hands got dirty. Dirty. Same thing with your teeth. You brush your teeth once. Do you need to brush them again? Please say yes. Please say yes. Yes. 
Thank you. <laughs> Why? Because your teeth got dirty, right? So same thing with our brains. We, you know, we 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 clean them up now with with this. We clean them up with with other positive messages, and then we walk out there. We get messages like, "You're not good enough unless you still have hair. <laughs> you're not good enough unless you're a Reds fan. You're not good enough unless you've got this much money in the bank or so and so or you know whatever." Right. Right. You know, it's important to hashtag wash our brain, remind ourselves that we're a 10 no matter what. Absolutely. And my friend, uh, can I call you a friend? I know it's seven days. I know I'm kind of young in this relationship, but can I call you a friend? You can call me friend. Okay, thank you. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your message. I can't You can wait. call me Al. <laughs> but you don't have to call me Larry. <laughs> so I can't wait to the day that our paths actually cross in person. Uh, I, I think that would be an absolute scream. You and I sitting and having an adult beverage and just having this squirrel random topic jumping around conversation and people going, hey, somebody with the nets, they're over here. Come and get them. <laughs> Wait, that guy already has his own street jacket. We just need one more. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be amazing. That, that will be amazing, and we should have somebody to record it. But I thank you again, and I can't wait till our paths cross. Thanks so much for your time, Peter. I would like to thank Jeff for his time, knowledge, and his thoughts on being more focused on our inherent value to help us discover our significance. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Also, please subscribe to and share this podcast with a friend. I will conclude with an improv quote that's fitting for this interview. React honestly and truthfully. Stay safe and be healthy. Like what you just heard? Visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.